Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the clinical aspects of the grief process. We're going to talk all about it in just a moment. So pull in closely for this one and let's get into it. This past week, I, like many, watched the memorial service for Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant. The date, 2-24-2020, was symbolic as it represented the basketball jersey numbers of Kobe and Gigi. As I live-streamed the service, I couldn't help but notice the hundreds of comments that were scrolling through the social media feed. People from all over the world were watching and grieving. Some commented that they couldn't believe that they still felt heartbroken over the tragedy and were shocked at their level of sadness over this occurrence. Others were asking questions like, why do I still feel this way? Shouldn't I have come to terms with this yet? Are they really gone? And still others were admittedly angry about the fact that nine lives seemed to have been cut short because of this horrific accident. A few expressed that they felt depressed and immobilized. And a handful of commenters asked why God would allow something like this to happen to such a great group of people. And I have to admit that the service, as beautiful as it was, triggered in me some yet lingering feelings of heaviness. So what is an appropriate response to grief and loss, tragic or otherwise? And how do we get through the process in a way that is healthy and leads us to life on the other side? What should grief look like for each of us? Should grief that is related to the death of a loved one feel differently than other losses that happen in our lives? You know, people often wonder in times of grief and sadness, when should I start feeling better? Why does it seem so hard to move on? Or is it okay if I'm not sad anymore and it's only been a few weeks? Why do I feel guilty for moving on? Is it normal to feel nothing at all? Well, in today's episode, I want to talk about the process of grieving and mourning from a clinical lens and perspective. In the last episode, we discussed some spiritual principles that are helpful for us in times of grief and loss. And it is my sincere belief and conviction that the spiritual principles are foundational to and work in alignment with the clinical aspects of any mental health challenge. So with that said, if you have not listened yet, to part one of this two-part segment on grief, you already know what you have to do, right? Yep, you got it. Go back and listen to part one. But let's spend some time right now gaining a better understanding of grief and loss. Today, I'm gonna talk about different types of grief, what grief looks like and feels like, and I'm gonna share a research-based model for processing grief. And then I wanna close out this episode with three practical strategies that you can implement immediately and that can be paired alongside the three spiritual principles that we previously covered. And by the way, feel free to pause the episode to make notes and go back to the parts you want to hear over again because 
we're going to discuss quite a bit of content today. Now, also, as a reminder, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. I don't know your specific situation or experiences. However, this podcast is designed to encourage you to engage in the work that will allow you to get freed up in any area of your life that is holding you back from experiencing the freedom that God has declared is yours to have. Sometimes that work will happen in your reflection and quiet time because you've decided to take the biblical principles and the psychoeducation that is shared through this podcast and apply them to your lives. And for others, you'll need to seek out professional guidance to help you through the work that is needed to accomplish your mental health goals. Whatever path you take between these two is your choice and will move you closer to your goal of being freed up. Know that you are not alone, okay? We are walking this path in some way for some area of our lives. We're walking it together and we wanna all experience more of God's joy and peace. So today we're gonna be walking with our sisters and brothers that want to heal from grief. So let's get started. First, know that everyone deals with grief differently. There is no cookie cutter grief response or way that a person should respond to and manage their season of grief, sadness, or bereavement. Now, some people immediately react to a loss and they cry for days on end. Others appear emotionless and continue in their routine activities almost as if nothing has happened. Some even laugh whether it's a nervous response or because they might be a person that uses humor as a way of coping or to help them manage difficult seasons in their lives. All of this means that we cannot look at somebody and judge their responses to grief or believe that we know everything that that person may be feeling or experiencing. Any of these responses are okay and they're pretty normal. Grief is very personal and it is unique to each individual. Now, remember, the goal of grieving is to get to a place of healing. So we don't want to get hung up on the way that someone expresses their pain, unless those expressions, of course, create a safety concern for that person or for someone else. But before we dig a bit deeper, I want to take a moment to explain the difference between grief and mourning. Grief is the natural response of our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that are associated with the loss of something important. That loss can be of a person, an object, an unfulfilled expectation, or really just anything that is of value to someone. Now, according to Dr. Teresa Rando, who is a clinical psychologist, researcher, and grief expert, mourning is the regular active process of working through the grief. So while grief is a natural response, Mourning actually includes the process of grieving to get to healing. In other words, grieving is something that we all do naturally because our bodies are designed to respond to the pain and loss. However, to get to healing, we have to choose to mourn the losses in our lives. And that is the work that is often hard to do. That's why we don't want to walk this road alone. I love this visual description of the grief and mourning process as explained by a good friend and mentor of mine, pastor and therapist, Dr. Rodney Stodgel. He illustrates the process of grief and mourning by using the visual of a circle. Think of the healing process as a circle that we need to loop all the way around. 
Now, if we only complete part of the circle and get stuck down in the sorrow, the pain, or the wounded part of our grief, we will find ourselves in an incomplete state of healing and must work toward completing the full circle of grief and mourning. Then healing, I guess you could say, will come full circle. And my hope for each of you who are grieving is that your healing will come full circle as you courage up in this season. So now let's talk about the different types of grief. Now, generally speaking, there are three main types of grief, acute grief, integrated grief, and complicated grief. So let's break these down. Acute grief is when the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors associated with the loss are intense and distressing. This type of grief is normal, y'all, and generally is experienced immediately after a loss and can last for a few days or weeks or even months. A person that is experiencing acute grief might have trouble sleeping, not feel like eating or doing anything pleasurable. They might have trouble focusing, feel extreme sadness or numbness, and they might even have some other physiological symptoms like shortness of breath at times or headaches. Acute grief will generally begin to dissipate over time, mostly naturally. And as time passes, moments of happiness can still be experienced by that person. And as the mourning process is coming full circle and healing is evident, eventually they are able to move into another type of grief, which is integrated grief. Now, integrated grief is simply when a person is able to get back to the normal routine of their lives and the pain of grief ekes away little by little. Integrated grief looks like a person who still has memories of the loss, still misses that person or that experience, but they found a way to live in a new season or an accepted reality. There might be times though when acute grief might show up again, like when holidays come or an anniversary or birthday. And if that happens, that's okay too. It's not a setback or a failure. It is a normal response to the memory of a loss. A person may be between acute and integrated grief for a period of time. Eventually, as they continue to make the circle of healing, they will land in integrated grief for an extended or even permanent period of time. Now, the third type of grief is when a person cannot make the shift from the acute grief to integrated grief, and their grief becomes what is called complicated grief. Now, this is especially true if someone has had cumulative experiences of loss, which is when one loss after another after another has occurred in someone's life, especially within a short period of time. Complicated grief looks like a person who's not been able to effectively move through the mourning process of grief, and they might, for many reasons, be unable to lift out of that sorrow and pain of the loss that they've experienced. Now, it should be acknowledged that the experience of grief is not something a person really ever recovers from completely. But over time, the intensity and duration of our grief should start to wane. Now, again, the length of time it takes for a person to grieve will vary and depend on the context in that person. But a person with complicated grief after months and even years still feels the intense sadness of the loss, and they may have flashbacks and memories of their lost loved ones on a frequent basis, 
or the loss of a valued experience. In addition, complicated grief often just takes over a person's life and significantly interferes with their daily functioning and way of life. Often, complicated grief is the result of a loss that was tragic, was unexpected, or even violent, or one that simply left the person feeling powerless to control any parts of that loss, and as a result, they might feel helpless and hopeless. Now, when a person is experiencing complicated grief, it is time to seek out professional counseling or therapy. And listen, if this describes you, please don't feel ashamed. Reach out for help. It's available to you. So now, what do you do if you're in a place of acute grief and you need to complete the circle of healing? Here is what we have to do, friends. We have to mourn which means we have to process and work through the emotions of grief. Dr. William J. Wharton is a professor of psychology at Harvard Medical School, and he developed a grief model called the Four Tasks of Mourning as a way to heal from grief. His model is one that offers action steps for mourning, and this is an alternative to some other models of grief, that simply just describes stages and emotions associated with grief. So let's talk about Wharton's four tasks. And it's important to know that these tasks don't have to be actualized in any particular order as grief processing is not necessarily a uniform processing. But what specifically do we need to do to mourn the losses we've experienced? So one primary and very important task is that we have to accept the reality of the loss. Now, in short, this means we all have to acknowledge and settle on the fact that the loss did happen and that life is going to change as a result. Now, in the last episode, we talked about the temptations to suppress our grief, shortchange it, or substitute our real emotions with something else less authentic. And when we don't accept the reality of the change, the loss, the breakup, the death, whatever it is, we can't begin an authentic healing journey. So accepting the reality may mean ensuring that we're using terminology that confirms that the loss has happened. Something like, they are gone, or we are definitely over. And it's important to take the necessary steps to absorb the reality of what has happened, And this is going to take time depending on the type of loss, how it occurred, and how important it was to you. But we have to complete this task in order to mourn effectively. Another task is to process the grief and pain. Accepting the reality is painful. There's no way around that. Loss cannot be sugar-coated or dumbed down. It is what it is. And because of this, it hurts. It wounds. It feels overwhelming and scary. This means that we have to talk it out, cry it out, write about it, feel it, go to therapy if needed, talk with a lay counselor at your church or parish. But this task is important so that we don't get stuck in the pain place. It might be painful to accept the loss and grapple with your feelings and emotions, but it's even more painful to let the hurt fester and grow inside of you. Now, a third task is to adjust to the world without the loved one in it. 
This is a task that begins the process of integrating grief into your life. So expect change, expect different, expect to feel different, to feel a bit vulnerable, maybe even fearful. That's okay because these are normal reactions and feelings of transitioning into a new season. You may have to learn new skills or take on different responsibilities that you hadn't done before. You might have to move to a new home or handle your finances differently. Shifts will be needed in pretty much every area, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. And if the loss is related to something other than death, similar adjustments may be needed as well. New routines will slowly form. And it's especially important in this task to give yourself so much grace and self-compassion. And the last task is related to the death of a loved one in particular. And that is to find a way to maintain a connection to the person who died while embarking on your own life. So how will you memorialize and remember your loved one? What can you do to keep their memory alive? Maybe you could create a scholarship in their name or donate to a charity in their honor each year. Now, it has to be stated here that not every person that you've lost and feel grief about is someone with whom you had a trouble-free relationship. Maybe you're dealing with the death of someone that you did not get along with or that mistreated you or who wasn't around for you, but was someone that you were either biologically connected to or had another level of relationship with at some time. In this instance, it might be helpful in processing your grief and embarking on the next steps of your life's journey to think about how you've matured and grown despite the challenging relationship that you had with that person and offer gratitude to God for those things. Now, none of these tasks will be easy to complete but they are necessary steps on our path to healing. So I wanna invite you to a time of reflection for just a few moments. Is there a particular loss that you need to mourn and work through? If so, what is it? Of these four tasks, where might you find yourself needing to do some work to get through the full circle of healing? So now finally, I wanna close out the episode with three simple strategies to complete as part of your morning work. These will work in alignment with the spiritual principles that we covered in the last episode. Now, the first spiritual principle that we talked about is to grieve with help. This journey isn't one to go alone. We need God's help and we need the help of others. So as a practical exercise and strategy to support this, I want to ask you to pull out a piece of paper and on that paper, draw a circle in the middle of the page and then write your name inside of it and then draw a few other circles around the circle with your name in it. Now, in each of the additional circles that you drew, think of as many resources as you can that might be helpful for you as you work through your grief and then write each of them in one of the other circles that you drew. Resources might include an activity that gives you relief or brings you joy. It could be a person that you can depend on to talk about your feelings. It might be a support group that you've joined, or it could even mean that you're going to counseling. 
Now, if a resource that you listed is one that you are already using for support, draw a solid line from the circle with your name in it to the circle with that resource listed. For the other circles that might have in them a resource that you're not yet using, draw a dotted line from the circle with your name in it to that untapped resource that you've listed. The circles that have the dotted lines drawn to them will create a quick list for you of connections that you may need to reach out to. Got it? The goal here is to identify a variety and a sufficient amount of resources that will serve as a support system for you as you move through your process of grief. Okay, so the second strategy pairs with the second spiritual principle we discussed, which is grieve toward your healing. So guess what? It's time to do some journaling. Okay, listen, friends. If we're going to do this healing thing for real, for real, we have to get comfortable with self-reflection and capturing our thoughts on paper. So pull out your journals and write your responses to these prompts and questions. Describe what it will look like and feel like when you have mourned this particular loss and integrated the grief into your new life season. What would you like to be doing? And what do you desire to have and be in your post-grief season? So write out your responses to those prompts and questions. Now, the Old Testament book of Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, it tells us this. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Did you know that you can have a vision for your healing from grief? Yes, you can. So write it down. Make it plain and clear. Journal it. It might take some time to come to pass, but wait for it. It will happen if you pursue it in your healing. And finally, the third practical strategy helps us with the third spiritual principle, which is to grieve with hope. As we keep memories alive of those experiences and the beauty of the interactions with those we may have lost, the more our hope is invigorated and cultivated. So a very practical way to memorialize a loved one or something else that you lost that was important to you, maybe even the loss of a pet or a job. Consider creating a memory board to keep some of the sweet memories alive. Making a memory board is similar to making a vision board. The difference is that the memory board might include pictures of you and your loved one, quotes that remind you of them, and you might even add statements that your loved ones used to say that were meaningful to you. Include on your memory board anything that inspires you to honor the life of the one that you loved so much or to remember the experience of something that you valued. Well, listen, loves, this was a lot to take in. 
you might need to listen to this episode more than one time. And I hope that you do. As I close, I just want to say a prayer for you. If you are in this grief space, let me just go to God on your behalf. Dear God, grieving and mourning is so very hard to do, but with you, all things are possible. I ask that you send your sweet spirit this very moment to comfort every hurting heart and to lift every bow down head. Call up the courage that is already in us, God to do the work needed for our healing to come full circle. And thank you so much for being our amazing, dedicated, and loving helper through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's it for today, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in as always. Remember, God loves you, I love you, and make sure you take care of you.